Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome aboard the National Football Show. You know who it is. It's Big Sills in the house. Do you know what you guys have done to this show? You've got Jalen Hurts' mom commenting on the show now. And it's all because of you guys who check us out here on the National Football Show. How cool is that? And by the way, her takes are damn good. I mean, hey, man, you could tell that she is absolutely a student of the game. Pamela Hurts, man, I do this to you. Thank you. It's a tremendous honor, man. Because as a father who has a daughter that's playing collegiate sports right now, Division I rugby at Grand Canyon University, it's hard to hear criticism, isn't it, of your son. But always remember this. Your, your son's doing something right now. They, you want to hear a stat? You got a better chance of being an astronaut than you do on playing in the National Football League let alone being the starter on an NFL team. There's better odds that you'll be an astronaut. So your son's doing things that we all dream of doing. Tremendous. And I thought your takes were spectacular too, by the way. She asked me if I was a hater of Jalen Hurts. I wouldn't say I was a hater. I would say this. I was a non-believer. I was a non-believer. Am I getting closer to believing? I am. I'm getting closer to believing. Got some numbers that I want to throw at you here. But before we do this, we love to start the show up by thanking everybody who becomes part of the show. You guys are just rock stars, man. Guys, you know what I am? I'm just kind of like the traffic cop here. You guys are truly the rock stars. Eastside Monster, uh, Muhammad, uh, Ewing, Jeff. I mean, right, let's go, Jeff, right? Let's go, dude. I'm with you, man. I want to thank you guys. And some of you guys are out there going like this. Hey, man, you know, I'm starting to believe too, but always know this. Look, you guys bring content to the program. We slide it in. You guys absolutely are part of the show, and I make it so. I've got a bunch of stuff that we're going to hit on. By the way, Rob Stone from College Football At the bottom of the hour, we'll talk about these quarterbacks that Howie's going to get a chance to look at, and we'll talk to Rob Stone. He is the desk host for the college football on Fox every single Saturday. You see him with Reggie Bush and all those dudes. He'll be on with us at the bottom of this hour here. But as I tell you, as we start the program here, know this. You guys are a major part of the program. All right, let me get to the open here. These next three ball games, as the Eagles sit at four and six, are going to tell me a lot about the direction of the team moving forward and going into the 2022 draft. 
because you have Saints this weekend, Giants and Jets, you have an opportunity to be seven and six on the season. Seven and six with a quarterback with limited starts. Do you know the other quarterback that's really playing well right now that's a young guy? What a shocker. It's another Alabama quarterback, and he's up in New England, and his name is Mac Jones. And by the way, that New England team can beat anybody in the league right now. They're a scary team. They are a scary team. What's the number one thing Mac Jones is doing right now in New England? He's not turning the ball over. Jalen Hurts, as I said yesterday, wins ball games unconventionally. It's not something we see. This is why we question Lamar Jackson. Can you win a Super Bowl like that? Can you win a Super Bowl with a guy getting his ass hit like that every single play? Can you win like that? That's why we question it. It doesn't look like Peyton Manning. It doesn't look like Tom Brady. It doesn't look like traditional quarterbacks that have been successful in the NFL. This is a new breed of quarterback, RPOs, especially when you have a salary cap error. And why is that important? Well, when Howie has to make a tough cut in the offensive line and get rid of one of those millionaires up front, you got a quarterback that can get out of harm's way and out of harm's way. Okay? He can cover some of your deficiencies if you have to get rid. Same thing with Russell Wilson for years up in Seattle. I think these next three games, I don't think they just define the 2021 Eagles season. I think they define Jalen Hurts. I think these next three games can change the perception of how people look at him. Second round draft choice. He's been given the keys. He hasn't earned the keys. Remember something, what I'm going to say here, this is not his job. He's still in an audition. He has not won this job yet as the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. He has not, and I don't care what anybody says, he's not won this job yet. But these next three weeks can dictate how Howie Roseman, the owner, and the franchise think of him. Am I right? You pull this team up from its bootstraps and put it at seven and six, you're going to make everybody in Philadelphia go, man, we may have something here. What does Jalen Hurts have to do? Not to keep this job because, as I said, he does not own the job. What does Jalen Hurts have to do to win this job? Is it playoffs? Is it showing improvement week week in and week out? What is the metric we're going to use? There's got to be one because remember something. In 2022, there's 11 draft picks, three in the top 10, and I believe they're going to be three in the top 10 now because Carson Wentz has got that Colts team at five and five right now, and they're in the mix for the playoffs. So it is going to be a number one pick. 
Congratulations, Eagle fans. Unless this guy gets hurt, it's knock on wood here. The Eagles are going to have three ones. Unprecedented. What is the metric you're going to use to say at the end of the year, let's go forward with him? Playoffs? Improvement? Statistics? Or all of the above? If he continues on this projection, and I've written some numbers down here, 294 completions he's on track for, 3,200 passing yards, 21 touchdowns to eight interceptions, 62-2 in completion percentage, and 92 QBR. Oh, and 925 yards rushing and five touchdowns. 26 touchdowns? 4,500 yards in total offense? I don't know. That sounds like a 2.0 version of Steve McNair. I asked you this question yesterday. Would you be cool going forward with Steve McNair as your starting quarterback? I would play for Steve McNair, which means I will play for Jalen. He's showing toughness, leadership. Like Jalen's mom said, five different offensive systems in six years. Think about how smart he is then. The most underrated asset of any black quarterback when an analyst is talking about him is that they never start with smarts. This kid is brilliant. To have that many systems and to play at Alabama and be the Southeastern Conference Player of the Year Get your Oklahoma team to a Final Four. Showing improvement as an NFL starting quarterback. I'm impressed. I am impressed. I am impressed. I mean, guys, I'm trying to come up with what the metric should be. Because... Look, or 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 follow me here, and then I'm going to get to all you guys' takes here in a minute. By the way, please do me a favor, guys. Hit the like button for me here. You guys have been sensational. Yesterday was like 100 to nothing. You guys were tremendous in all the likes. Thank you so much. But the metric that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, what would be the one metric? Inspiring his teammates around him? Maybe this is the metric here. It's not so much about the statistics that Jalen Hurts is going to put up. Maybe it's what the running game does. Maybe it's what Watkins does. Maybe it's what Smith does. Maybe it's what Goddard does. Maybe if we see those numbers coming along and we see everybody in the offense and we see the defense playing their ass off and all of a sudden you got 
a great atmosphere in your locker room and you got belief in the locker room. That's who you go to war with. Does it sound like I'm getting on the bandwagon of Jalen Hurts? The more I talk, the more I'm convincing myself of it. As a person, I love the kid. He's getting better and better. And no, Mrs. Hurts, it wasn't that I wasn't a believer. I mean, it wasn't that I was a hater. I just wasn't a believer in the kid. Now I am. Well, we have bumps still with speed bumps on the way to figuring this out. We're still going to have speed bumps. Look, Tom Brady just got his ass handed to him by the Washington Redskins. Did you see what happened to Matthew Stafford last night? Oh, and by the way, can I show you guys something that the Philadelphia Eagles figured out two weeks ago? Do you know what happened in that Rams 49ers game last night? Oh, and Krause Jr., where was your boy last night, Aaron or uh, Aaron Donald? Your boy was on his back. Why was that? Because as I've said the whole time, Aaron Donald is the worst at playing the run. Two tackles for losses, but do you know what the 49ers did? Do you know what the 49ers did? They went just like this. I'm going to run it right here. I'm going to punch you in the mouth, and there ain't a damn thing you can do to stop it. They lined up and kicked their ass. They ran the ball down their throat. That's how you beat the Rams. You know how you beat the Rams? Don't finesse the Rams. Pound the Rams. They can't stop the run. Teams who can't stop the run are finesse defenses. Teams that can't run the ball are finesse offenses. The Eagles got an attitude about themselves. I'd like to see the Eagles play that Rams team. Let's go play 60. You got all the superstars. You got the Jalen Ramseys and the Aaron Donalds. And you got Odell Beckham and Matthew Stafford. Fine, let's go play 60. Let's line it up and see if you can stop the run. Because I don't think you can. I don't think you can. That's their kryptonite. Rams can't stop the ball. They can't stop the run, man. What's the metric? Convince me on what the metric is to figure out whether or not how. Or, hey, do you still draft a quarterback no matter what? But here's the difference, guys. I'm going to get to your thoughts in a sec here. I promise. Or do you think it determines on how well he plays? Follow me here. If Jalen Hurts continues his progress and continues to get better, doesn't that determine whether or not you draft a guy in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth round? That may make how we do this. Well, let's draft a kid in the second round or third round or fourth round. If the Eagles draft a guy in third, three, four, and five, guess what, guys? They believe in Hurts. You'll know what the Eagles think. 
of Jalen Hurts come draft night. And we'll pretty much have an understanding of what the direction the Eagles are going to go at the end of this season. I think we're going to find out over these next three weeks. Big Chris says losing Woods really hurt the Rams. No, it didn't. Had no bearing on that game last night, Chris. They lined up and just kicked the hell out of them. They ran the ball down their throat. I mean, they just absolutely punched them in the face. Punched them in the face. Eastside Candom for Life says, Howie will always draft a quarterback no matter what the round is. As a matter of fact, Candom, I I absolutely subscribe to that mentality. I think if I was a general manager, there would not be a draft that after learning what I see with Tom Brady, finding a guy like that in the sixth round, every single draft that I have, I would make sure that I drafted a quarterback. It just determined on what my needs were, whether or not it was going to be a high draft choice or a low one. King Music wants me to apologize to him because he picked the law. He 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 picked, you know, that they were going to go in there and beat Denver's ass. All right, watch this, King Music. Sure, they shocked me. They shocked me. You must have had the game plan because nobody saw a game plan where they were going to run the ball down their throat. That's not what their trends have been. Their trends have been 15, 14 times to run the ball. Over the last two weeks, they have found some magic in running the football. They have found the strength of the team. Basically, they have found their identity. Robert says, old school smash mouth football. Hit them hard and hit them direct. Robert, that's what the Eagles are doing right now. That's exactly what the Eagles are doing. They're lining up with their best assets right now, which is the O-line, and they're knocking people off the ball. Totally. Just Mike says, we're going to dictate from now on. You know what you do with that mentality too, Mike? You know what you do with that mentality? You may not win every game you're in, but you know what you're going to do? You're going to make sure every team that walks off the field with you went like this. Man, that team is a tough-ass team to play against. Holy cow, man. That Eagle team is physical. Go back to 17 and figure out what people were saying. Remember what people were saying about the Eagles in 17? Were you not doing this? Let me tell you what I was doing from 30,000 feet. I was going like this. Watch. Man, that team is tough. I'll tell you what, man. Every game I watched them play, I thought they won because they beat teams up, both on the defensive front and on the offensive front. I went like this. Dude, (laughs) hey, man, that Eagle team is a rough group. They're big and they're rough. Holy cow. By the way, I'm going to talk to Rob Stone who covered Jalen Hurts, too, for Fox Sports. As I said, he's the desk analyst. I'm going to get his thoughts on Jalen Hurts and also these quarterbacks and how he's going to look at. East Candom says, draft Devin Lloyd. Dude, I put that guy on my All-American team. 
Marco says, cornerbacks, safeties, linebackers, all three in the first round. And then a veteran wideout, right? On the other side is Smith. And Watkins is your third. Pretty good-looking wide receiving core with your tight end. Dallas Goddard being there too, right? That's a good-looking group, dude. Okay, you get somebody that, like, Antonio Brown on the other side of Smith. Man, that's a pretty good-looking group. Pretty damn good-looking group. Dev says, we look like Spartans out there from the movie 300. I love that mentality, Dev. Holy cow, that's my favorite. Dude, I love that. I'm just going to go out there. I don't care who wins. See, that was the old Jimmy Johnson mentality. I don't care if we win. I just care this. You ain't running a ball and scoring on me. You know what was funny? When I played for Jimmy, I didn't know what our records were at all ever going into games. And I didn't know what the opposing team's record was. I just wanted to go play 60 minutes of football against you. Hey, that team's 6-2. and two. Oh, great. Okay, super. I don't care. I'm going to go play 60 minutes, man. I'm going to play lights-out football every play. Every freaking play. Every play. Jeremiah says that you have uh, Janice Rieger on the team still. Yeah, well, that guy won't be on next year because it's a new day here in Philly. Alexander said they said Hertz was only Tyson Hillish. Now I say Hertz is balling. We see a guy here that can maybe do some tremendous things. Robert says, did you notice what Tampa did? They drafted an offensive lineman in the first round to protect Tom. Absolutely. Did you see what the Chargers did too? They went out and got that first rounder. No question about it. No question about it. 3,200 passing yards, 23 touchdowns to eight picks, 92 quarterback rating, and 930 yards rushing. I don't know about you. That's a first-year starter's numbers? And we're going to piss on that? I don't know. I don't know if I see anybody in that draft that makes me do that. Okay? I don't. Robert, run the ball 40 times. If you run the ball 40 times, Robert, you'll never lose a game. That means you're having success. That means you're beating. Robert, do you know when you run the ball like you saw San Francisco do and you saw what the Eagles did against the Broncos, when you run the football like that, you know what that does? That makes the defense helpless. You're helpless. You're standing on the sideline and you're helpless. There's nothing you can do about it. It's like having one arm tied behind your back and you're playing defense. Bob says, I think some of the fan base complained to Jed York and put a little fire under Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's got to win some games, dude. I thought Garoppolo was great last night. All right, guys, listen, keep posting. Keep doing me a favor. Keep hitting that like button. Rob Stone from Fox Sports, college football. I want to ask him about all these quarterbacks and how he's looking at. He was looking at those two kids from North Carolina and from Pitt. 
this last week? Is there anybody worth drafting in the first round? And I want to get his thoughts on Jalen Hurts. A little bit of college noise. We'll get right back to you. I want you to think of one thing, though. What's the metric that will let and allow Jalen Hurts to win this job moving forward? What is that one metric? I haven't thought of it yet. But I'll tell you soon. You tell me what you think it is. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Doherty. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back. National Football Show Dance. Oh, hey, you're playing the Saints, right? You know who Nick Sirianni's going against this week. He's going against Sean Payton. (laughs) Better get your slide ruler out, dude, because this is going to be a lesson for you. Don't be outcoached when you have, I think, as good a personnel 
as the Saints. The Eagles and the Saints, in my opinion, I think those rosters are pretty compatible. I look at both of those rosters and do this. Saints probably a little bit better D. Not by a gigantic stretch. They got injuries in their secondary too. But their front seven and the Eagles front seven, I think you guys are right in the same conversation. And the only difference is I would say that the linebacking core for the Saints is a tad bit better. But offensively, I think you got a better old line. I think your tight end's better. Michael Thomas is not out there. I think Alvin Kamara is a better player, but I'm not sure he's going this weekend. So you have no Kamara. You've got Trevor Simeon. I'll take Jalen Hurts there. So what's the metric here that we have to be concerned with coaching? Sirianni versus Sean Payton. This is where we're going to get a good sense here of Nick Sirianni and his decision-making when it comes to scheming against a coach like that. That's a damn good coaching staff, too. For them to be where they are, and they've had a carousel of quarterbacks, Jameis goes down, Tyson Hill, they've got a bunch of gimmicky plays for him down in the red zone. Trevor Simeon outplayed Tom Brady. That's a lot to do with coaching, my friends. Okay? Hey, Big Chris, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of a weird matchup, isn't it? If you think you're going to roll in there because this isn't Drew Brees, the coaching is going to be a paramount thing to overcome here in this game. The Saints are going to be prepared. They always are. What's up, Carlos? Thanks for coming aboard. I think Nick Sirianni has done a special job over the last couple weeks. I texted him also today. I told the coach, man, the team's getting better. Team's getting better under your direction. They're running the ball harder. They're doing a lot of things. You know what he said to me? He goes, I hear you're, you were critical of me. I go, coach, I was. But things change. Winning changes all that. It's not flip-flopping, folks. It's called being wrong, and you're glad you – hey, you know what's crazy? The old school sports talk radio host, they'll never admit when they're wrong. They'll hammer that point no matter what it is. Even if they're proof, like Skip Bayless continuing to prove a point that LeBron James is not one of the greatest players of all time. And he doesn't have the clutch gene or whatever that dumbass thing he says is. Come on. You look like a tool and you look like you're just using it just to get a reaction. See, nowadays, people don't care about credibility any longer when it comes to journalism or media people. You guys don't care. You care more about reaction than you do about credibility. And that, that, that's why you say stuff like that. All right. So Howie Roseman was at the Pitt Carolina game last week. And I'm going to say this to you. I, I, I'm looking at these quarterbacks this year, and I don't know. I, I, I don't see the crew that we had a year ago going into the NFL draft. And also, I want to get my friend Rob Stone's 
thoughts on Jalen Hurts as Jalen Hurts' mom has been commenting on my show here. She's been putting little comments, Rob, and she says, were you a hater? And I said, no, I was a non-believer. And she pointed out something from his time at Alabama going through the Oklahoma experience and having a new coach in Lincoln Riley and then going to Philadelphia. He's had five different coordinators in six years. What's your spin on Jalen Hurts? I love the guy. I, I love his story. Um, I love the redemption. Um, again, look, so few quarterbacks enter the league. If we're talking NFL right now, enter the league and have success just like that. Right. I mean, it's the outliers that do it. And then by the way, you have to see what they do in the second year. Cause then those stumbles come upon them. So quarterback is that one position you really have to have patience for. And it's also the position where you have the least amount of patience for because that person is touching the ball in every offensive snap. They're making so much money. Everything revolves around that human. I'm fine with Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to be just great. And it's it's funny you mentioned him. We were out at the uh, Baylor-Oklahoma game last week. And, of course, Oklahoma had once again gone through some quarterback issues. DJ Rattler started the season as the Heisman favorite, right? Like the the like nobody else was. was really hunting him. He was the guy who was going to win the Heisman. And, and the numbers and the production and the turnovers, you know, were going the wrong way. And they made the change to Caleb Williams. And I remember sitting there at, a you know, second quarter, third quarter. I was looking at Matt Liner and I go, Matt, I go, DJ. He's like, no way. I go, they're going to go with DJ because, you know, desperate times. I'm like – and all I could kept thinking of was here. We, I mean, literally the Jalen Hurts type situation. They're going to bring Rattler off the bench. He's going to save them. Yes, they brought him off the bench, didn't save him. Um, but I love those redemption stories. I think Jalen Hurts will be just fine. Just give him some time. Absolutely. And he's trending in the right direction here. Real quick on the quarterbacks that like the corrals at Ole Miss um, last week, uh, Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Eagles, went up to that Pitt Carolina game. They saw how. And they saw Pickett. Is there anybody in this year's group where you went like, where you're going like this, Rob? Man, this kid has all the skill sets to really be great. Now, I know that's hard to say because who would have said Tom Brady in a six? I mean, right. even Dak Prescott, he was drafted in the fourth round out of Mississippi right. State. I didn't see that either. But is there somebody out there that you kind of go, that kid may have a shot? No, I. Well, there will be, I guarantee you, there will be <laughs> right. some, you know, that, that guy that we've kind of overlooked, you know, from some random university that has a directional, you know, word on his uniform. <laughs> right. but, but those are those, I think, are the main three. And none of them are kind of like wowing you right now. And that's us. That's us. Yeah. But I think inside the NFL circles, there, there is some real love, particularly for a guy like Pickett. Um, and what he does and how hard he throws it and, and, and the windows he finds and gets it in there. I think Kenny Pickett's stock is, is really rising. Sam Howell is, is interesting because if he had left earlier, you know, he, he would have been right up here. Um, he, he gives you so much on the ground as well. And, and you're seeing that trend actually, you know, usually it's the NFL sets the tone and everybody kind of follows it. I think more and more you're seeing college football offenses and NFL's teams are coming in like, Hey, uh, during the offseason, mind if we, watch some tape and, and hang out with you on some practices and how you guys do this. And they're becoming more and more open with having their quarterbacks run. And, and Sam Howell <laughs> runs that ball pretty well. And he's a gutsy, gritty type guy that I think a lot of programs would say, I'm all right with him, um, you know, stepping in and same with Matt Corral and just, you know, just letting it go, letting it go. And yes, he runs it a lot. Not of them are designed. We talked to Lane Kiffin, you know, after he had what 30, he had 30 rushes, um, 
in the uh, the golf ball game at Tennessee. And Lane was quick to say, you know, not all of them, you know, were scripted. A lot of them were, you know, trying to get yourself out of a jam. But, you know, he's got that cool kind of swagger that you, I think you would want to cheer for, right, if he was if he was on your team. But I think those are the, are the big three right now. But as, as we've seen, Dan, year in and year out, once oh, yeah. the college football season ends, a couple of QBs start coming in the conversation and, and they're doing nothing, but, you know, working out in, in shell, right? Like there's, there's nobody in their face. There's none of this, but they're, they look good in, in their tight t-shirt and shorts and their numbers look good on the clock. And wow, they can throw that ball to that wide open receiver who's running, um, you know, unmolested on, on their field. So I think those things always come and play and, and GMs and head coaches seem to fall in love with uh, with quarterbacks rapidly, you know, and and I don't really buy that. I, I understand it, but to me, how did you do on the field? Let me yeah. see what you did against competition. That that to me would be my one hundred percent basis for judgment. You know, all the other variables of time and speed and how high you can jump and branch pass. Okay, I guess that's great for a quarterback, but in the end, you know, are you a leader? Can you get that locker room behind you? And can you throw that damn ball? Are you smart too? Right? I mean, between between the ears. Um, I think I think GMs get caught up in the quarterback stats and the arm strength and and they need to know that playbook inside and out. They need to know what every receiver is doing and what the tailback is doing and and where the blocking schemes are and understand the defense. I think that's why we love Mannix, right? I mean, probably the most the most talked about quarterback that we want to see isn't even in college yet, you know. Uh, young young Mr. Manning down there in New Orleans is, is the guy that everybody wants to see. Like, listen, you've got the DNA clearly, and you've, you've got some wonderful people to learn from. Uh, I think he is going to be a fascinating one to talk about in the coming years. But this year, I think you hit the big three, Dan. Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, I think I think the only true test when you're going to a combine that matters with the quarterback position, I think it really is the Wonderlick test to me. You know, I think that test there tells me if you could process information quickly, you understand it. So absolutely here. Let me get into some college questions here. Is it Georgia versus the field, in your opinion? Yeah, I kind of lean that way. Yes. Um, But the field is still pretty good. Um, You know, I I think there's what's unique about this season is there's four or five teams that I could say on a, on a given day, on a given Saturday, they can, they can take Georgia. And and I love the fact that Georgia's doing this dent free, but by the way, they haven't seen Alabama yet. and, And you're still graded on how you do against Alabama, right? So if Alabama, you know, gets past Auburn next weekend um, and they go into that SEC championship game with one loss and they beat Alabama, both those programs are going to the playoffs. I, I don't think there's any debate about it. And then Even with, with Bama with two losses? No, no, no. I'm sorry. If, if Bama gets there with one loss and, okay. beats, and beats Georgia, um, the two-loss scenario is really interesting because I know it's out there, right? There's conspiracy theories out there of two-loss Bama still gets in and that hurts. That hurts my heart, right? Because um, it just doesn't seem right. Um, but we've been so programmed over the last couple of years to just judge college football on where Bama is, and, and you know, and maybe a little Clemson. But like, all right, so Bama's here. Where do you sit on the Bama on the Bama scale? And right now, I think Georgia is above that Bama scale. But again, if Bama had gotten by Texas A and M at Texas A and M, I'm really curious what our conversations. Um, would be right now. You know, if Oregon had gotten by Stanford on a weird weekend in overtime without their offensive coordinator and all this strange stuff going on, what would we say about Oregon? Because, oh, by the way, they probably have the best win of the season in all of college football. 
week two, winning in Columbus versus an Ohio State team that is probably going to be in the college football playoffs. So you need to give Oregon some love for that. And they're getting none, zero, zilch. I mean, it's a total East Coast bias thing that's going on right now. But Oregon did it to themselves by stumbling uh, you know, at Stanford, you know, Notre Dame, oh, by the way, you know, that loss to Cincinnati hurts them, but they're doing what needs to be done. And Cincinnati, you know, again, Dan, we, we grew up where the object of the game is to win the game. You're undefeated. You should be praised for that, you know, and Oklahoma, everybody was very hesitant to give Oklahoma this boost sitting there at number eight. And then they lose to Baylor, right? Cincinnati unbeaten, just sitting outside the top five, top four. Nobody wants to give them their due love. There's this weird hesitancy now um, about teams that are unbeaten because there's these blue bloods that have one loss that are in the conversation that you can obviously make a great, great case to say, no, these, these teams are still better than Cincinnati, but I, and you know, I'm, I'm maybe on the minority, but I, I still value winning all of your games. I, I think that is that is a major criteria that, that should be evaluated at all times. You know, I, I want to get your your thoughts on this here. And, you know, it's funny. I just, you know, I was talking with Ed Ogeron yesterday, and Ed's a dear friend of mine, and I know that there was off-the-field issues, too, that were behind the scenes here, not to dive into those things here. But the guy was 49-20, and 20, won a national championship in an SEC title. How was a guy like that fired? And I keep hearing James Franklin's name being bannered by the LSU folks and also the SC folks. In the last 19 games, he's 10-9-0. We're not talking about a guy who's knocking the, you know, the ball out of the park here in Happy Valley here. I mean, I know he's had a great litany of wins in the past, but you're only gauged on what you have done lately. And, I mean, if Ed is being gauged on what he has done lately, and again – I know the off the field issues played a lot into his exit there in Baton Rouge, but why are people in love with James Franklin? Because I don't see it. I mean, and Rob, maybe you may think I'm wrong, but 10 and nine in the last 19 ball games at a program where you're making $9 million a year. I don't know, man. I mean, that's not a good mark to me. No, uh, you know, Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> um, and I understand it, but I'll also say this. I think, Two points on James Franklin, a, a, a good human being, a hard worker, um, brings great energy and recognition uh, and savvy to your program. And, and, you know, at some programs, maybe you can only go so high. You know, maybe maybe that record at Penn State is is the best that Penn State can do with who they are right now. I, I don't believe that. I think Penn State has greater things um, in, in front of them. Um, but, you, you know, the conversations about James Franklin have certainly quieted down the last couple of weeks. They have. I think when, these, when these openings happened, he was a sexy, trendy guy. Remember, you know, Penn State was inside the top four at one point. And, you know, he's got he, – he checks a lot of boxes for things that administrations are looking for in college football head coaches right now. And, you know, and he's he's been at a high place and he's seen a lot of things. So you're saying um, he's safe. I think – He's well, good and know, safe, right, Rob? I, no, no, because I, I would never want a big program like that to go with a safe hire unless that program has been through hell and back. And they they need they need a safe, you know, they, they need somebody who's going to be on that on, on the bumpers. Right. Can nothing's going to go out of the lane. You're going to stay in your lane. You're going to have that. You know, the, you're going to be in your Tesla. Right. And it's going to beep at you if you lean too much. It's going to keep you going straight and have that acceleration. I don't think James Franklin is a safe I think he's a smart guy. Like I'd be happy with him in charge of my program, but 
I think his stock has definitely gone down. Which is what is interesting to me is there are some tremendous job openings. Tremendous, right? Even if you just take out USC and LSU, you're still saying to yourself, "Wow, there's a there's a lot of really good jobs out there that people would want." But there's not a lot of candidates out there to me, which is which Hmm. is fascinating. And right, and you have to worry about these candidates. You saw what happened to Virginia Tech, you know. You get caught up in in some of these coaches who are in your quote unquote mid majors, and wow, they put together a couple of good years at a program that doesn't have the the funding and the name recognition and et cetera, et cetera that others do. And you get enamored with them and you hire them, and then three, four, five years out, you're like, you know, probably probably made a mistake. And and we're seeing just this uh, a lack of a talent pool as far as available head coaches. That's why I think you're seeing more and more known quantities being very quietly somehow reached out to. Like, I guarantee you, somebody from LSU and somebody from USC has found a way to have a conversation with Lincoln Riley or Lincoln Riley's representatives, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, and Dabo Sweeney. The, the Brian same Kelly. As, as well, right. So, you know, why not? You know, why wouldn't you you try these? Um, and, and who knows? Maybe if they give you a pause before they say no, you go, yeah. oh, wait a second. You know, there's an opening. But the point is, there's not a lot of dudes out there. Like a, a guy like Dave Aranda, who, who we dealt with last weekend, is suddenly rising up the stock. But Bruce Feldman wrote a great article on him in The Athletic. You know, his he's not for everybody. Um, and this is just a very small snapshot, right? This is a Dave Aranda snapshot. This is a guy who who's going to run your program clean. He's going to do it the right way. He's a safe, smart pick. He's defensive minded, but he's, you know, he, he's an introspective type guy. He's not really an extrovert out there. So if you need that at a program, maybe that's not your guy, right? So I don't know where he fits. And then if you're in the Big 12 right now, you got a lot of concerns about what what is the Big 12 going forward? How much longer do I have Texas and Oklahoma still around to, to, to prop up this league? Is, is the Big 12 just going to be you know a, a glorified power five? So all of a sudden you look at the best coaches there and you're saying, I bet those dudes would might you know would be tempted to get out. So I just find it interesting that there's a very small pool of candidates. Um, and to me, it, it hits a bigger point of what college football is this year. Dan is here. We are mid-November, right? This is when things happen. This is when decisions get made. This is when you know your direction. Do we have a Heisman? Do like do we have a no brainer Heisman? I have no, no idea. No. We've got like three or four Heisman guys, and even then. You know, you're like, eh, I kind of I kind of loved him two weekends ago, but not so much last weekend. And I don't know about this weekend. Right. Do we have anybody that's that's just a no brainer filling out that that those top four teams outside of Georgia? No, you're like, eh, and yeah, Oregon right. over here, maybe a Cincinnati and Alabama and Ohio State. And, you know, what we're going to have with that conversation. Coaches of uh, coach of the year, you know, or coaches coming up. Eh, we got this thing. It's. And I kind of like it, to be honest with you, because because I, I like the fact that there's some variety in there and some questions, some real question marks out there in, in college football. Um, but but the lack of of a, of a deep coaching talent pool, I, I find it really interesting. And, you know, there's a lot of programs who now have openings who might be saying to themselves, what have we done? Right. You know, maybe you need to do things and, and end it when you can. But if you're a good athletic director, you've got you've got that secret. Um, drawer in your desk that's got a lock to it, right? And you, you take out the key and you lock it and you pull it out. And all it is is like one little moleskin and you just have like two names on it, right? Football coach leaves. It's I'm going after A and B, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of dudes are going in there and they're taking out their moleskin and they're like, I know I wrote it down some page and 
they're not finding anything. You know, there's just no names. And and that's scary for a place like USC and LSU who are who are on the verge of making major, major commitments to programs that need a boost. And there are not really people out there to jump into those spots. Two last questions for you. And I'm going to end with my Miami Hurricanes. I want to throw this one at you here. Um you cannot lose to te- Texas cannot lose to a basketball school in Kansas. And I'll tell you, Rob, <laughs> you know, to quote my good friend, Ice Cube from uh, straight out of Compton. I don't know. That don't look like it's it. Uh-uh. I mean, there, you cannot have 50 at home, at home, at home. Wait a minute. And, and Rob, you can't have, you can't have 53, four or five star kids on your 85 and get beat by, there's nobody on Kansas who you would recruit to come to Texas. You can't get beat like that. What do you think the future there? Or maybe the better question is what's wrong in Austin? Yeah, I, I think it's a couple things. But just to, to finalize that question, you were beat by a walk-on at Kansas. That's crazy. Not, not a walk-on at Texas, not a walk-on at Oklahoma or the U, or else you, a walk-on at Kansas. Like not good enough to get a scholarship to Kansas. God bless you, you know, Kansas. Bless your heart. Um, that program, though, that, you know, has, has finally kind of found a coach. Oh, by the way, right? Yeah. You know, because – After the whole Les Miles – Disaster. The last That's few right. coaching hires have been done for for the wrong reason, I guess. If you were there to play the long game, yeah, or to play, you know, and instead they were playing the short game, and they got burned, and they got burned, and they got burned, and now you get the sense like, oh, you know what? There might actually be a bit of a culture being grown there right now, and they're actually getting some quality spots here and there. But still, you know that doesn't that doesn't cover this. Um, this this is a joke. This is an embarrassment. If you're Texas. And again, it's year one and it's not really Sark's guys, but if you're that good of a coach and darn, darn tootin', you know, that roster is nothing but three, four, five star dudes. Right. And, and if they're not three stars, they're dudes that maybe you just couldn't get to because they're so remote in Texas, but they're that good. Right? <laughs> so, so, so to me, that, that is a big problem. And, and I, I, I can't believe it's coaching and obviously that's going to have an element of it, but, that culture, I'm always amazed how long it takes to, to create that culture. And I think it's just taking longer than Sark wanted. Because I, I know when I was in Tampa Bay and when Tony Dungy took over, that culture changed immediately. And I still remember interviewing a young Warren Sapp and like feeling something behind me, like like the hair on the back of my neck kind of stood up. And, and you were feeling this when they were 0-8. Absolutely. And I turned around and I look and across the locker room is a, just a very calm, peaceful Tony Dungy sitting in the doorway, not, not with arms crossed, looking around, scanning, just kind of taken in the scene. But there was this vibe that was there and Warren Sapp knew he was there and knew how he needed to act and react. And a guy like Tony Dungy came in and changed that culture and changed that atmosphere and, and pumped belief into these guys and also professionalism that that's lacking. You know, that's, that is missing big time. And it's missing at a lot of college programs. Um, I was, I've been, I was hearing stories just the other day about one major program where the, the new coaching staff came in and they were just absolutely amazed at the way the players would dress go going to um, going to away games and how they would treat their locker room and what they did at practices and, you know, this and that. And the culture was shot 
and they had to bring in somebody who who needed to completely change that. And that takes time, right? Tony Dungy was able to do it quickly, but you can change the culture, but then you also need to change the win-loss column, right? Um, and, and that is a process. But if you're, you know, if you bleed burnt orange, there's no reason you should be able to accept that and have the patience of what is going on in year one at Sark. And I tell you what, if this was year two for yeah. Sark, you know, and losing at home to Kansas, I think there's a lot of people going, we've made a mistake. Let's cut bait and let's go find somebody. But it goes to the other problem. Who, who are you going to find? No, who are you no, going to find the, right now? The short talent pool there. Finally, I want to end with this. Um, you know, I get asked this question all the time and I get hammered on uh, Twitter about it. People keep asking me, when will the University of Miami get back to when the days when I played at the University of Miami, when, you know, you could count on one hand over a decade losses. And I keep getting asked this and I say, it's this, I don't give a crap, Rob, who you hire. It's institutional. The school works with Alabama and LSU to get kids in there. That's why those acceptance rates are down at 87%. They don't accept everybody, but the school works with the program to get the kids who may be marginal students into the program. The University of Miami doesn't recruit Overtown, Liberty City, Bell Glades, Florida any longer. They don't go into those hard places. You know who is? Nick Saban, Dabble Sweeney. Miami can't out-recruit Clemson. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas used to be a pipeline. Michael Irvin went there. Used to be a pipeline for us. Now it's a pipeline for the Boza family to go up to Ohio State. This is really something that really is institutional. And it's really, in the last 10 years, we've only had one 10 win, excuse me, last 18 years, we've only had one 10 win season. Um, when we had, we won 10 games, Rob, that was a rebuilding year. I, 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 I Just your <laughs> thoughts. They fired Blake James, the AD yesterday. Um, a guy like Ogeron, could he turn it around? Because I don't think Manny's the guy. Uh, or Cristobal, you know, comes back. It would be another, you know, interesting one. But why would he leave a program where you have all the resources at Oregon that Miami doesn't have? I I get it. I get it. Um, You know, and the fact that there will be a new AD, um, you know, that's a new conversation that you can have about a university now, right? You knew what the rules were back then. Now, whoever this new athletic director is, you can sit down and go, okay, tell me what your plans are for football. You know, how... I want to do A, B, C, and D. Are you going to allow me to do that? If not, nice meeting. Take care. You know, I, I only bring up Mario Cristobal, and I agree with you. He's got everything he needs um, at Oregon. But, you know, family matters come into play. It right? does. And, and obviously he, he has Cuban roots and, you know, what South Florida means to him. And, and nobody knows what, what's pulling at the, at the heartstrings of these guys. You know, some, you may think, my goodness, why would this right. person leave this university? They've got everything they want. Because maybe deep, deep down, they're like, I, I believe those colors. Like, this was the dream job for me. If I could ever get to institution A or B. Um, and I know you may look at this one as lower than this, but to me, that's what I want. Some people want a project, right? Some, some want, want to do that work. They would rather do the work to build it back up than, than to maintain it. I, who knows what it is, right? But for, for the you, but remind me who Miami played last week. They played. Um, they got beat. They, they got. They, they got upset. Who Florida State. Florida State. Oh my so, god! So there's, there's my point. Miami and Florida State are playing. even. Me. Holy cow! And look, two national championship rings back there, Rob. Right? Miami, Florida and State, 
Miami and Florida State. Do you know how much time we talked about Miami and Florida point. State on Big Noon Saturday? Goose egg. Didn't even know. Game game is irrelevant. That was awesome. And and that and and I didn't even know, you know, essentially I didn't I, look, I my head, I'm doing all my things for my show and my games and what's going on. That was a non-factor. And I remember sitting and looking up, I was like, I'll be. Look at that. And then the immediate conversation was, do you remember? Do you remember? And it wasn't that long ago where that was whenever those three played each other, Florida, Florida State, Miami, you take that triangle of those three schools in the Sunshine State. That was a circle game like, oh, I got to be sorry. Sorry, wife. I am I am not going to Lowe's at three thirty (laughs) because I am watching this game, whether I have a rooting interest or not. You had to watch these teams play. And now they have fallen off that cliff. And nobody cares, and it is irrelevant, and it is sad, man. It is, it is sad. So the U needs to look themselves in the eye, the administration and the new AD, and say, does football really matter? That's right. You know, does it? Because if it doesn't, that's fine. Let us know what the rules are. And you know what? If it doesn't matter, build yourself a nice little twenty-five thousand dollar, twenty-five thirty-five thousand seat somewhere closer to campus, and let the kids actually enjoy college football and be there. And, Maybe once in a while you can be like Northwestern, right? And have a have a good football season every three to four years. Do you and mind if I use your quote there, Rob? Do you mind if because I'm t- we're having this symposium, all the players on Thursday, we're all mm-hmm. getting together, Warren Sapp and myself. Do you mind if I use that quote of your that you just said? The University of Miami administration's got to figure out, and here's what I'm gonna use. They've got to figure out if football matters anymore. Yeah. And if it okay. doesn't, it doesn't. And if it does, okay. How do we go about fixing it? All right. Well, here's Here's what it is. Because you have the blueprint. It's the triangle that you showed all the way up to Orlando, to Tampa, down to South Florida, and back up again. By the way, Dave Wonstadt wanted me to tell you this story. He goes, he saw that because he follows me on Twitter, and he goes, He's tell Dave. So we're going, he, we're he going wins up. every November, by the way, he is undefeated in the month of November. So get this. He, we, we go up to Pittsburgh. Of course, he played his college ball up there, right? We're playing against Ironhead. Can Jemmy's hurt? Okay, so some stiffs in there. Sal Janela guy. I never heard of him. He stunk out loud. But Ironhead, we we had the number one defense in the country this year, too. Me and Jerome Brown and Stubbs and all these guys. And so we go up there, and Ironhead goes for over 200 yards. <laughs> and so get this. He we beat them. We come in the locker room. It's raining. You know how Pittsburgh is in November. It's awful, right? Sleet, snow. We're sitting in the locker room. Dave comes walking in. He flips that table, man. Gatorades every year. You son of a bitch. You let that guy look like Tony Dorsett. 200 yards rush. I'm, I look over at Jerome and I go, we did win 38 to three, right? <laughs> Always the defensive coordinator, man. <laughs> Dude, I go, we did win 38 to three. <laughs> Coach Monsat's the best. The best. He really, the best. really is. Hey, Rob, have a great call. By the way, where are you this week? Uh, we are off to Norman, Oklahoma. And then next weekend, Ohio State at Michigan. We'll be in oh Ann Arbor. God. Yeah, that good one. such a great football game. By the way, you guys, that show every single year has improved so much. And you know why it's improved? You guys are really smoother. From the first day to where it is now, you guys really have a great chemistry on that desk and it really is showing and it's it's really i mean i, t- I tell you i get up in the morning and at six o'clock in the morning i watch game day and then as soon as you guys come on 
to get ready for your game of the week, I turn on you guys, man. It's I think Coach Stoops has added really a lot to the desk too. So have a great call this week, Thank man. You. It's really awesome. I, I love it. you, man. Thank you for doing this. All right. We're going to take a brief timeout. We're going to get back to you. Have you thought about the metric that I asked you on how you're going to gauge Jalen Hurts? For him to win this job with the Eagles, what is it? We'll hit on it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mess and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Doherty. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back. National Football Showcase. Thank you very much, Rod Stone, for stepping in with us. Got to throw a little college love in there. This is the National Football Show. We will hit on week 11 of the NFL. A lot of things going on. Obviously, there were some comments made about Aaron Rodgers by Skip Bayless that I want to hit on here in a couple minutes. But I asked you this in the last hour. What would be the metric that it would take for us to be convinced that Jalen Hurts is the guy to win this job for the Philadelphia Eagles? What would be that one metric? The easy question to throw out and 
get the answer that you're looking for is wins. Isn't it funny in sports? That's all that matters. So all that matters, guys, is winning. It's winning, not statistics. Watch this. I don't want Dan Marino as my quarterback. Would I pay to watch Dan Marino play? You bet I would. Holy cow. Dan Marino is worth the price of admission. But he's not really a winner, is he? Doesn't really have a one-loss record in the postseason. That fills up a resume. Dan Marino has records and no rings. I don't know. I see through that stuff. I'd rather have Troy Aikman. And I'm going here on why we may want to have Jalen Hurts. As Howie Roseman builds this team, could you see him building this Eagles team into being a triplets-type offense, running the ball, a quarterback who protects the ball, is good on third down, possession wide out, somewhat over the top? Let me think. Did Troy Aikman ever throw for 4,000 yards in his career as a Dallas Cowboy, I don't think so when they were winning Super Bowls. I don't think so. I'm not even sure Troy Aikman's got over 35,000 passing yards. Isn't that crazy? But he's got three rings. How many times have we seen Brady throw for 500 yards in a game and lose? But how many times have we seen Tom Brady throw for 215 yards and never lose? That's because there's balance in the offense. Can you win with Jalen Hurts' style, too? I think it has to be part of the evaluation. So the metric. I said this in the first hour, and I'll say it again. I think the metric has to be are the rest of his teammates getting better? This is not a one-man show. You know the one thing that I would criticize what they do in Baltimore? Can you name me one wide receiver on that football team off the top of your head? Can you name me a running back off the top of your head? No. Just Mike says metric has been met. No way. No way. No way. No way am I signing for that if the mailman shows up to my front desk. No way. I'm not putting my John Hancock on that. Robert Bruce says Dan Marino, greatest quarterback to never have won a Super Bowl. Congratulations to you. That's quite a distinction. Congratulations. Congratulations. Dan Marino never wanted to win a Super Bowl. Because you never know, you know what he wanted to do? He only wanted to throw the ball down the field. He never wanted to play inside of a team concept. That's a fact. 
Jimmy Johnson told me that. That's what I'm talking about here. Jalen knows what it takes to win games. Running the ball. Dan Marino would never do what Jalen Hurts has done. Start turning around and handing to his running backs 46 times in a game. I guarantee you there will be no game that Dan Marino ever played where they outrushed the passing attempts. That was never going to happen. Never going to happen. Marino was too arrogant to try to develop a running game. Jalen, along with Nick Sirianni right now, are developing a running game. The wide receiver that they drafted in the first round is starting to come around. A guy you drafted in the latter round, this kid Watkins is coming around, and your tight end is playing Pro Bowl football. By the way, of all the guys that are playing on your offense right now, your tight end's going to the Pro Bowl. Your tight end's going to the Pro Bowl. Big Chris says, Marino, top five all time. Really? Let me think. Brady, Montana, Elway, Aikman. Come on, man. We're, Marino's top five? You would take Dan Marino over Peyton Manning? Really? You would take Marino over Favre or Rodgers? I like guys who don't turn the ball over. You know Aaron Rodgers has only got two interceptions this year? Incredible. Yeah, man, I, I think the metric for me is going to be is the, because, look, have we, not, have we not seen this? Players are getting better around Jalen. Everyone's starting to say the name Sanders now. Wow, did you see him run the ball? Holy cow. We got some balance going on here. That's the quarterback buying in. What was the big criticism that you guys had about Carson Wentz? He fought things, right? He fought things. He held onto the ball too long, and he was a turnover machine, and he was always injured. Put all that together, you know what you have? A disaster waiting to happen. This kid hurts. You know what else I love about it? We've been doing this. We've been hammering the kid. Kid sucks. He ain't the guy. He's just a seatbelt. I said that. He's just a guy that's going to be a stopgap guy. Da, 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 da. And all of a sudden now you're starting to go like this. Well, hell, man. Okay, he's getting better. Will Sirianni get better? Let's Let's... Let's further the conversation here instead of staying in the mud puddle. Are you more concerned with Jalen getting better or more concerned with Sirianni getting better? Here's what I think has happened. Tell me, guys, if you think that you're going down that line with me here with this relationship because this is one of the – here, I'm going to show you guys something, how important this relationship is, okay? And follow along with me, guys. Bill Walsh, Joe Montana. North Turner, Troy Aikman. Tom Moore, Peyton Manning. 
Bruce Arians, Ben Roethlisberger. Okay? The guy up in um, New England and Brady. Go down the list of coordinators. There's a relationship that has to, Josh McDaniel, that has to form. You have to know each other. By the way, Nick Sirianni didn't know Jalen Hurts from a can of paint. Do you agree? That's right, Mike. It's a good take there. Okay? This relationship is forming. They went through the introductions. Do we agree this year with the Eagles? Tell me if you guys believe where I am here with this. I want to write this down here. You know how you try to ask a girl out and you want to get on a date with her and you trying to take her out and you're trying to, you know, find out what her likes and dislikes are. You want to know immediately so that you're not going to fumble over yourself because you really want to date this person. So what you do is you make a couple calls back and forth. You kind of do some chit chat. And before you know it, you know what? You got a little bit of an understanding who they are. Isn't this what that process was during training camp for Sirianni and Jalen? Not, not to be disgusting, but weren't they kind of feeling each other out a little bit here, figuring out what one did, what one couldn't do, what one likes, what one dislikes? Don't you think that that's what the process was? And maybe that's why they fumbled the ball coming out of the gate. Okay, and it it didn't look good out of the gate. Weren't running the ball effectively. Nick probably didn't even know that they had the capabilities because remember my big criticism was that these organized team practices that they were having and not really playing the starters in the exhibition season, I thought would hurt them. And it did out of the gate. Am I wrong? Well, now all of a sudden, as we're getting into really the midway part of the season here, there's an identity that's formed. And here's where I am with this. Okay. Nick knows they can run the ball. Nick knows that Jalen gets relief when they run the ball because then play action works. The passing lanes are more open, aren't they, than they were earlier in the year. That's because he's seeing the game more. They're rolling him a little bit more. And by the way, you know what Sirianni's probably telling him? Don't worry about a third read. If you don't see it and you see space, take off. Use your athleticism. He's on pace for 900 900 rushing yards. Why wouldn't you utilize that part of the game? Okay, I mean, Alonzo says, training camp champs. Hey, Alonzo, that's what I was calling him. That's what I was calling You were not really getting a good look and a fair look at what the team was all about with organized team practices. That means you stopped it. In case you guys don't know what that is, you guys run a play. They'll stop the drill. They'll set everything up again. They'll coach it. Then they'll do it again. Then they'll stop it. Then they'll coach it. That's not game situation you're practicing. That team had no game preparation at all, the Eagles. They had no game preparation. Is that on the coach? I thought it was. Now, that may have been an organizational thing from Howie upstairs. 
that may have been something that the organization as a whole thought of. So you can't just blame that on Nick. You don't know if Nick said, hey, man, I don't want to play anybody in the exhibition season because I don't know that. Big Chris says, Hertz was here before Nick got his guy. Yeah, but that's a whole different offense. That was the Doug Peterson offense. Completely different. Eastside Monster says, yep, all front office. I thought that was a flaw. Okay, I thought that was a flaw. So now what they've started to do here, in my opinion, I think they've started to figure out one another. And get this, I think they're starting to like each other. And the dating process has begun. Because now we're seeing this last game they had in Denver, that was as good a coach game that Sirianni has had so far as a head football coach. I thought the Atlanta game was good. This game is way better. And it was on the road in Denver. Not one of your easier places to win. They put a constructive game plan together. And by the way, in the process, because the offense is more cohesive and you're starting to see series after series, seven plays, eight plays, nine plays, what's it doing on the other side of the ball? The defense had a great game against Denver too. That defense is not facing 75 plays now. You're starting to see it come down to around 60. When you do that, you're becoming balanced. Robert says you're as good as the people around you. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Look at Aaron Donald last night. Aaron Donald and that defense got destroyed last night. He's part of that, guys. I know everybody keeps telling me Aaron Donald's the best position player in the game outside a quarterback. He can't play to run. He's been on some of the worst run defenses in the last six years. Yeah, but he's got a lot of TFLs and he can rush the passer. Okay. But they figured out something last night, didn't they? San Francisco knows how to beat a Sean McVay offense. You know how he beats offensive defense? Run the ball. They're not very physical. You know, they're not. They got all these stars and stuff, but guess what? I'm going to make a point to you guys about something, too, and why I think the Patriots kind of set the bar on this. What was the year? Can you guys tell me what was the year, the year that they brought in a whole crap load of players in Philadelphia? The Nazi Amdawas Amdawa, and um, the Vince Youngs. What was the year they signed all those free agents? Can you guys tell me what year that was? That they signed all those guys? Because I want to make a point to you about the Rams and what they're doing and why it's important that you build your football team through the draft and you plug holes, okay, and you plug holes with free agents. 2011, dream team, 2011. Thanks, guys. You know what happens when you sign a bunch of guys like that? You don't really earn it on the field. You're buying it. And you're kind of like buying your reputation. You're not earning it on the field. 
hey, just because you signed Von Miller and Odell Beckham and Matthew Stafford and you put all those guys on a roster, you ain't earned it on the field yet. You ain't earned it. You bought it. You know, you bought it. You didn't really earn it. They didn't really put the time in with the team. You don't really know the particulars of the guy playing next to you. That's why for years up in New England, you couldn't name guys on that starting group. You didn't know who the hell they were. There were a bunch of castoffs and nobodies that the Chris Hogan's of the world, the Danny Amendola's and the Edelman's and right, them dudes, you're like, Deion Branch, what? Using Troy Brown both ways, you're like, who are these guys? Teddy Bruschi? They didn't earn it. That's kind of what you got in Los Angeles right now. They didn't really earn it. Put those guys out there on the field. Let's go play 60. Let's see if you guys can earn that reputation on the field. I think that's what the Rams have done here. They kind of have bought an illusion. Because these guys ain't earned anything yet. Matthew Stafford's postseason record is brutal. It's not like this guy. Remember something. Jared Goff actually won an NFC championship. Chris says Stafford's never won a playoff game. You want to know something? The guy replaced won an NFC title. Thanks, Ian. Super Dave says, yeah, you have no picks, no money. That's why I disagree with you the other day saying they're getting players and we're getting draft picks. We'll see how it plays out. But wait a minute, Robert. Are you suggesting you don't think the Rams are going to the playoffs this year? I still think they're going to the playoffs. It's questionable if the Eagles are. Are you under the impression that the Rams aren't going? They're 7-2. and two. Or 7-3, and three, I think, now. Okay? They're still going, dude. They're still going to the playoffs. Yeah, Chris, Wes Welker. I think they traded. I think they traded with the Dolphins to get Wes, and Wes was a special teams guy with the Dolphins. I think he started his career with the Chargers, actually, in San Diego. Eastside Monster. Rams have only won four games against good teams. Correct. If Jalen Hurts continues to get everyone around him to improve, that means the team's improving. That means the running game's improving. That means the coaching staff's improving. Guys, these next three weeks are going to tell me a lot of what the direction of the Eagle front office is going to be. By the way, I want to hit on something with Aaron Rodgers. Who's your top five NFL teams? As we get ready for week 11, we'll hit on it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Doherty. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy Dan Silio. I'm doing a roundtable with the uh, alumni at the University of Miami, and they're taping me tonight. They've taped Warren Sapp and um, a bunch of other guys, Ed Reed and a bunch of guys. And they asked me what's wrong with the program. This is a fundamental issue. Hey, Jeff, how you doing, brother? By the way, Jeff, just reminds me, guys, please keep hitting the like button. You guys have been sensational. I keep being asked what's wrong with the program. I'll tell you flat out what's wrong with the program. There's no sense of urgency. I can always tell an organization, pro football team, college football team, that doesn't have a sense of urgency. You guys remember Mike McCoy, former Charger head football coach? I went to one of his practices one day. And these guys were lollygagging around to drills, just walking to drills, walking to water, walking this and that. And first question someone asked me, they go like this to me. They go, what do you think is wrong with the Chargers? They have so much talent. You know what I said to them? They don't practice game tempo. They don't practice game speed. Everything I did with Coach Jimmy Johnson, we did at game tempo. Getting your water, running the drills, the drills themselves. 
everything was game speed. So when we got into the game, the speed of the game wasn't a foreign thing to us. We practiced game tempo all the time. Walking around, not practicing hard, not having a sense of urgency. You start to have habits when you do that. You half-ass drills. You go through a drill half-speed. Before you know it, you're playing your game at half-speed. You ever notice those teams? You always wonder why. Here, here, here's something for you guys going forward. It's a little something that you guys will always be able to take going forward that very few people know. How many times you guys say this about a particular football team that you watch? Man, these guys, they get out to slow starts all the time. Why do you think that is? Because they don't practice game tempo. If you're practicing game tempo all the time, you're ready to go from the kickoff. You don't have to get into the game and all of a sudden you're down three or seven. Oh, okay, now we got to kick it into high gear. Man, we were ready day one. Right before the kickoff, man, we were ready to rock because we had been practicing game tempo all the time. Going to drills, going to meetings, getting water, anything. That's right, Ken. Practice hard, play hard. It results in winning. By the way, I can't tell you how many times there were sometimes more talented teams or as talented teams as us, and we beat the hell out of them because we just practiced harder. It developed a will. You know what our will was? We will win. I'm the worst loser on the planet. Matt Hatter, we used to have a thing called inside drill. Jimmy Johnson's famed inside drill. And back in the day, it went for two hours. Ones on ones, twos on twos. Do you know what most colleges do? Ones versus twos. Twos versus threes. At our practices, it was first-round draft choices versus first-round draft choices. My hardest games that I ever played were in my practices. Hardest team I ever played against was the University of Miami. I had to face them every day. I had to face Cleveland, Gary, Alonzo, Highsmith, Vinny Testaverde, Michael Irvin, and Perriman, and Blades, and all them dudes. I had to face all them guys. Uh, going against first-round offensive line, I had to play against them dudes. Big Chris is 89 Cowboys, worst in the league that year, my dude. You're damn right it was. Did three years later, they were kicking your ass up and down the field at the vet. And by the way, Chris, they hung three Lombardi trophies in four years. You're damn right in 89. Small doors lead to big rooms sometimes, Chris. It led to three championships in one of the greatest dynasties of all time. Philadelphia Eagles were one-year wonders. 
One year wonders. You know, and you know what I say to this about Howie? And you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kill Howie on this one. I'll tell you why I'm not gonna. Learning how to be consistent, okay? Learning how to be consistent is also part of the process here. Do we all agree? It's all part of the process. And look at the Falcons. They fell on their face, and they're still recovering from that 28-0 lead against the Patriots. That thing has never been the same. Right? It's never been the same. You know what happened in Philly? Egos got in the way. Just like in Dallas. Egos got in the way in front of Dallas with Jimmy and Jerry. Oh, yeah. The Cowboys were never beaten on the field. They were beaten in the front office. Because those guys couldn't handle it. Those guys couldn't handle success. Seems to me that the Eagles couldn't handle success. Chris, I'm only playing with you, though, bro. We're good. <laughs> Hey, old, old Cole, great point. <laughs> really a great point. There was no cap then. Absolutely. Hey. <laughs> Look at this. This is why I love you guys, man. You guys are so smart, man. Okay? Jeff goes, the Eagles will get another Super Bowl someday. Hang on here, man. That must be a Tommy McDonald fan. Because prior to 17, you guys were going Tommy McDonald. Chuck, man, you know Chuck Bednarik, you know, 60. Yeah, baby. Yeah, Van Brocklin, it done. Yeah. <laughs> 60's now gone a little bit, right? Tommy McDonald, ain't done. Right? I'm kidding you, man. Hey, by the way, who did you guys beat for that? Wait a minute. Who did you guys beat for that championship? guys beat my uncle in that thing. And you guys beat the Giants in 60? Anyway, I think I think it was the Giants. Or was it the Packers? Did you guys lose to the Packers in that 60 title game? I thought you – it may have been the Packers. May have been the Packers. I got to – I got to – I, I want to continue the conversation here moving forward about – Again, this weekend against a Sean Payton, a concrete Charlie, man. I love that, dude. Packers. Thanks, Matt Hatter was the Packers, okay? Yeah, because you know what? You know what the line was after that? Get this. You know what Lombardi's line was after he lost to the Eagles in the 60 championship game? Robustelli told me this. He said he walked into the locker room and he told – and he told um, everyone in the locker room, star all them guys, man. He went just like this. Guys, you played hard. Guys, you played hard. But know this. When we get into a championship game again, we will never lose another championship game ever again as long as I'm the head football coach of the Green Bay Packers. And you know what? They never did. They never did. I think Lombardi, after that, I think he went 5-1 and one postseason. And he won those five championships after that. And he's the last football team to win three championships in a row. Two Super Bowls, first two. But it was three in a row. 
Lombardi said after he lost to that Eagle team, he goes, we'll never lose a championship game ever again. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> hey, I love that, man. We're never going to lose again. Man, sometimes in defeat, you truly get the true character of your football team. Okay, you really do. I mean, I'll tell you guys a quick story here. Jimmy Johnson's worst loss in the history of his coaching career was the 87 Fiesta Bowl. You want to know something, guys? I got a tattoo on my arm. And it says 86 Canes. And you know why it says 86 Canes? Because it reminds me to always finish it. Always finish it. Had my greatest game of my college career. Started the game off with a 15-yard sack. Jerome and I dominated. They had only six first downs in the game. We still lost. And that game haunts me to this day. Haunts Jimmy to this day. We talk about it on text messages. You should see these maniac guys in their 70s and 50s talking about a game that will never get back. But do you know what that means? When you're talking only about your losses and you only remember your losses and you don't remember all the wins you had, my program was gauged on our losses, which were far and few between. It's like evaluating Mariano Rivera. Well, he lost the game against the Diamondbacks. He's still the greatest closer in the history of the league. You gauge Mariano Rivera on his losses. Not all the iconic wins he's had. It creates, it creates a mentality for your organization. It creates a mindset that every time you step on a football field or anytime you step in anything in your life, nobody's going to be more prepared than you. You know, I tell my daughter this all the time, guys. Know this, okay? It takes no talent to be in shape and be prepared for anything. You don't have to have talent for that. You have to have will, desire, and dedication to do those things. Talent has nothing to do with that. It takes no talent to be prepared. It takes no talent to lift weights. It's all heart and desire. That's when champions are made, when the lights aren't on, when no one's watching you. When you're doing it yourself and you're running in the rain. You want to quit, but you know there's somebody else out there playing harder than you and practicing harder than you. You know there's a guy you're going to play against this year that's going to be as strong as you. I got to get one more rep in. Made me a maniac. I was never happy. But at the end of the day, being called Jimmy Johnson and one of Jimmy Johnson's greatest players, I'm good. Mamba. Way to go, Mike. You know what's crazy about the Mamba mentality? You know what's crazy about the Mamba mentality? It was born in Philadelphia. And Kobe Bryant took it to La La Land. 
took it to La La Land and created champions. Formed in Philly, hard work, getting up off your ass, freezing cold. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear excuses. You see Ben Simmons is being fine now by the Sixers because he's not on road trips. <laughs> that guy's a cancer. That guy's a cancer. Seriously, if I had a locker next to him, I would go to my equipment manager and say, can you please move my locker? I don't want to be 10 feet next to that guy because I don't want any of what he has dripping on me. Get him out of my eyesight. Yeah, but Dan, he's got, I don't want to hear his problems. I don't care. He's not a teammate. Well, he's going through mental Then get him help. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm a football player with other guys that want to play. Get him out of here. I'll tell you what, that's part of the issues that the Eagles had over the last three years. You had cancers in the locker room like Alshon Jeffries and Deshaun Jackson bitching and moaning about things. Yeah, well, you know, he had to shut up. We're all rowing in the same boat. If you don't want, I'll throw your ass off the boat. That's what you have to have, guys. It sounds harsh. You don't want to be in the boat? I'm not taking you back to shore, dude. You're swimming back. You're swimming back. That's what these eagles now are starting to develop. They're starting to develop that little bit of a attitude. Why is that? Because you're running the ball. You know what's crazy about running the ball versus throwing the ball? Drop back, stop the clock. Drop back, stop the clock. When you're running the ball and you're a defensive tackle and you got to go like this. All right, bitch, let's go. Let's bring that. Let's bring that on. Let's go. Hey, Jerome Brown used to look over at me and go like this. Hey, Seals, I think that guy just said he could eat a bowl of soup off your head. I Hey, I'm not kidding. I would turn and look at that guy and go, what'd you say? The guy, the offensive lineman would go like this from Notre Dame. Man, I didn't say nothing. I'm like, man, I'm going to kill you. And Jerome start laughing. Hey, go, hey, man, this guy's psycho, man. There's something wrong with him. Seriously. There's something mentally wrong with We're doing this in the middle of the game. Read your afternoon guy's book that he wrote on me and Jerome. Who's the afternoon guy on 97.5? The Fanatic. He wrote a book on me and Jerome. Okay, look at the chapters. We're all over this thing. And Jerome would go, dude, he's, he's talking shit on you, man. And I'm like, what'd you say? And this guy would go, I didn't say. I go, I'm going to kill you, man. Then Jerome just started putting his hand over his head going, there's something wrong with this guy. I'm telling you, man, there's something wrong with him. And I'd look over at him and go, oh, okay, right. And you're normal too. Me and, yeah, Mike, that's the guy. Yeah, man, that guy wrote a book, man. It's about Penn State, Miami, how we killed them that night. We had like 20 tackles between us. It was crazy. We just destroyed them. And we're just talking all kinds of crap on this guy too. Hey, I'm going to kill you. But that's the kind of attitude you got to have, man. That's the kind of attitude 
where, get this, you ain't running nothing on us. You think that 85 Bears or that Ravens team or the Sap Buccaneer team or some of the great defenses weren't intimidating? You know what? I will say this, man. It's almost impossible to be intimidating today. I get it because the rules are so, you know, there's no taunting. You can't talk crap on people any longer. Now, now Chris, I played against Mike's um, Notre Dame teams. Hey, by the way, we gave Mike's Notre Dame team the biggest beating in the history of the school. Hey, we beat them 58 to 7. We beat Notre Dame 58 to 7. Oh, hey, guys. Know this. So I go back home. You know, I went to Catholic. I know it may not seem it, but I went to Catholic schools. So I went to a place called Stanford Catholic. Okay? And so I go back, and the nuns are going, I can't believe what you guys were saying about Notre Dame. That's God's team. I went like this. Well, touchdown Jesus took a knee. <laughs> My God. Hey, Trev. Hey, man. I, I went just like this to Sister Fish. Well, touchdown Jesus took a knee. Oh, my God. What? Holy cow. Holy cow. Just crazy. Oh, yeah, man. Big Seals is a big mouth talker, man. There's a headline that's out there. Silio, like, it's it's something like um, about when we played Oklahoma because I was talking all kinds of shit on Oklahoma. I was killing them. Bosworth sucks. He's this. He's that. I was getting in your head. You know, because we're all raised in the era of Ali. Okay? There was a headline in the Herald. Cilio backs up his big mouth. I should post it on my Twitter page, at Dan Cilio Show, so you guys can see it. All right. I want to hit on Aaron Rodgers. I want to talk a little bit more about New England. Maybe that's the kind of style this Eagle team should be playing like. We'll do all that next. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay. 
and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 member, love tradition. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back, National Football Show, you boy, Big Sills. Hey, guys, do me a favor. Please hit that like button for me. Jeffrey Johnson, thank you, man. Appreciate you coming aboard. Dan the man. Bleeding blue and white since 68. I love Joe Paterno. I know that's not fashionable to say, Jeffrey, but I love Joe Paterno. He said one of the greatest compliments in my life he compared uh, Jerome Brown and myself to uh, salt and pepper that he had with Matt Millen and Bruce Clark. He said, these guys are as good as those dudes. And I was like, I looked over and Jimmy goes, this guy loved you two guys. He loved you, obviously, because I think the Italian had something to do with it. And uh, he was a big fan, man. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I will always be a Joe Paterno fan. Feast with Pete. Of course it's live. Pete, you think I'd do anything taped? That's for worms. Thanks for coming aboard, brother. So let me, I, I heard a comment today from uh, Skippy Bayless. And get this. Who, who, who do you guys think right now, after 10 games, is the most valuable player in the NFL? Who do you guys think? And guys, don't be a politician. Just say it. Say it. Say it with me. Aaron Rodgers. One more time. Aaron Rodgers. It's okay to say. That's right, Eastside Monster. Aaron Rodgers. Say it. He's 8-1 and as a starter. You know what Bayless said today? To show you how our messed up media is today. Well, I can't vote for him because he lied to his teammates. Who said he lied to his teammates? No, 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 no. There's another media member lying like they are in this Rittenhouse case. They're lying. Why do you think the Green Bay Packers were fined $300,000? Because everybody in that building knew Rodgers wasn't vaccinated including his teammates. So the only worms that he lied to were the media. And the media thinks they speak for you. They think they speak for you. The media today don't represent me. Just like those people in Washington, D.C. don't represent me. Those people represent themselves. And the media people in my business and in the news business 
You think Jim Acosta represents you? Or Jim Acosta? That's why CNN's numbers have imploded. Nobody watches them anymore. Nobody cares about them anymore. Nobody. Nobody watches that stuff. These people in Washington, D.C. do not represent me. And they sure as hell do not represent the great Americans in this country. There is absolutely no way they do. So Skip went on the air today and said, he's disqualified from being the most valuable player because he lied to his teammates. No, what he really meant to say was, he didn't like the fact that he lied to the media. Guys, lied to the media? Who cares? They lie every freaking day. And let me give you the biggest Skip Bayless lie of all time. Guys, you guys may not know this story, and I'm going to tell it to you, and I think you'll probably get a cool understanding. You'll never hear this story anywhere else. May I tell you a story? And the Fox people hide it all the time. Why do you think Aaron Rodgers is in the crosshairs of Skip? Because Aaron Rodgers won't go on his show. And here's another one. Why do you think Troy Aikman has never been on Undisputed or any other show that Skip Bayless is involved with? Because Skip Bayless wrote a book a couple years back accusing Troy Aikman of being a homosexual. I was there. He's never with a girl. He questioned his sexuality. Can I tell you why? You never saw Troy Aikman in the early years of the Cowboys with a girl? Because he was dating a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. And it was known that it was off limits to date a cheerleader. You could get her fired. And he was dating her because he knew her from his days, not at UCLA, but at Oklahoma. And... We all knew he was dating her. We kept it under wraps. But Bayless kept asking us, how come Troy's never with a girl? He's never with a girl. You always see him with the guys. He's got no relationship. Google it. Google it. He made a reference that Troy Aikman was gay. And also Google this. Troy Aikman's thoughts on Skip Bayless. See what pops up. See what, see, what, see what comes up, okay? And that's a fact. So Bayless has lied his entire career. You know, he calls himself a Dallas Cowboy insider. Who's that? Jerry Jones don't talk to him. Stephen Jones don't talk to him. I've, I, I talk to Stephen Jones all the time. I'd like to know who this big insider is. I'm the biggest Dallas Cowboy fan. You know why he's the biggest Dallas Cowboy fan? And why Undisputed, that show that he's on, has turned into like the Dallas Cowboy postgame show? Because he knows it gets some ratings. It's the only reason he talks Cowboys. What, are you going to talk Jags? What, is he going to talk Giants? Eagles? Steelers? That don't get you to punch. Cowboys get you to punch. Right? If you ever watch any of these shows that are on TV, here, you want me to write the script? Cowboys? 
Odell Beckham, LeBron James, ripping on Ben Simmons. That's your script over the latest couple weeks here. LeBron, Ben Simmons, Cowboys. You could produce any show and any network doing that. Brady. Brady. Old Cole, Brady. You're right. Cowboys, Brady, LeBron, and NFL. Absolutely, man. That's exactly how they, they, they do their shows. Take a look. It's, it's, it's seamless in how they go through the show. Because nobody cares about the Broncos. No disrespect. Nobody cares about the Saints, the Dolphins. They care about Brady, LeBron, the Cowboys, and the NFL. And some college football. And that's why people in Philadelphia can't stand shows like that. Because they're never talking about things that matter to people in cities like Pittsburgh, Boston, Philly. Right? You know, what you do is you you miss the hardcore cities. I've said this before to people. Do you know the greatest sports cities in the country? See, to me, I covered the sports cities. Not so much the people. Like here. Hey, guys. That this is this is just an opinion. Maybe you disagree. People in Philadelphia, man, you could have anybody behind those mics on your sports radio shows. Honestly, man, you could have anybody. Anybody. The fans move the needle. They're so passionate about their teams, dude. You could you 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 guys, man. You don't care about college. Here, here's here's the Philadelphia fan base. Watch this. I don't care about Temple. Okay. Eagles, Phillies, 76ers. If the Sixers are winning, they'll care more about them than the Phillies. Flyers are in that conversation. Okay, and if the Flyers are doing great, you can move them into that bottom two anywhere. Oh, those bottom three get moved in order. The Eagles will always be one, though. That's a fact, dog. People always go like this. Well, if you ever talked in Philly, what would you talk about? Eagles. <laughs> Can't go wrong. That's right, Jermaine. Eagles. Eagles and who's ever winning and what the storyline is. <laughs> Smile, Villanova. Really? Hey, dude, I do like the coach's gear, though. I like Jay suits. Okay? Them suits are dope. Got to give it to him. Jay Wright wears a dope suit, dude. Okay, he 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 coaches that team like he's Pat Riley. Benjamin Moore says Philly do or die. Loyal to the soil, brother. Some analysts listen to the fans to get their input. Feast with Pete. Get this. You get topics from you guys. Here, know this, guys. Hakeem. Know this. Why would I bring up the Detroit Lions to you guys? <laughs> you guys would rather talk about a sub at Geno's than listen to me go, hey, man, you know what? I think Dan Campbell's really doing a wonderful job, and he's really got that program. At least playing hard. You know they got a tie against the steel. What'd you say? I didn't, I didn't get that. Wake me up when you're back in my world. Get the, I don't care about that junk. <laughs> right? Hey, hey, man, did you hear that? Though? Oh, can you believe it? Watch this. 
Here, I'll give you another one. Hey, man, can you believe it, what the Rams are doing? Wow, the Rams. Guy in Philadelphia is sitting here going like this. Wake me up when he's back talking, okay? And uh, Great. I don't care about them guys. Nobody cares about anything about commie California anyway. Nobody cares. Ken says, Jay turned down the Sixers. Who wouldn't? Okay. With Benjamin there? Come on, man. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. Oh, great. Great. Hey, Ben Simmons, go get me a hamburger. At least do something for your money. Right? Hey, guys, do me a favor, man. Okay, please hit the like button. You guys are having such a great time with you guys. I hate to wrap it up here, man, but listen. Hey, Rob Stone was awesome in the first hour, man. Okay, you guys are great. Please go back and listen and watch a little bit later on. Share it if you can. Hit that hit that like button. We'll be back tomorrow going four to six. Guys, I love you guys. Okay, I know, man, right? We just keep going and going and going. We could go for hours here, man. Always, man. It's always great to have you guys. I'll catch you tomorrow, four to six Eastern time. We'll see you on the flip side. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.